six minutes after the hour. Good afternoon. This is the Around the House program. We're so glad you're with us. You're our first show of the of the new year. Hope everything is fine. The holidays are over. And I must say, every year I get this feeling of, you know, I enjoy the holidays. And I'm also glad when they're over. And now we're heading towards spring. We picked up 10 or 15 minutes of daylight. So that's good. We're, days are getting a little a little longer so we know that's around the corner and winter is not terribly severe so it's not a big hardship for us so life is good i hope at your house i hope everything's good for you and i hope you have a wonderful happy and prosperous new year happy and prosperous i guess that's a good and healthy right healthy is a big deal right chris so Mm -hmm. anyway we're glad you're with us here on the Around the House program. Be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you and I call home. Some other things I want to talk about today. I have a pilot's license, so aviation's kind of a, uh, you know, I'm pretty interested in a couple of airplanes things this week we can talk about. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you, Peggy Newman in the Wall Street Journal had a great piece you wouldn't have expected from her. She tends to be a little more political. The title is What America Can Learn from the Tokyo Crash how well that went when they evacuated the airplane and she wants to know would would it happen here well i don't know we're gonna have to analyze that a little bit it's a good column i want to share with you a little later and um what else whatever's on your mind we'll we'll chit chat about it and uh here's a list for you that one of my let's see who sent this jan sent this to me it's kind of a food for thought list not especially funny but kind of a list of ironies and life lesson kind of things. For instance, an accountant is someone who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. You've heard that before, right? An auditor is someone who arrives after the battle and bayonets all the wounded. Ooh. Mark Twain said a banker is a fellow who lends you his umbrella when the sun is shining and wants it back the minute it begins to rain. Been there, done that. An economist is an expert who will know tomorrow why the things he predicted yesterday didn't happen today. Now, that one I really like. A statistician is someone who is good with numbers but lacks the personality to be an accountant. An actuary is someone who brings a fake bomb on a plane because that decreases the chances there will be another bomb on the same plane. Hmm. Okay. A programmer, your IT guys will like this and gals, a programmer is someone who solves a problem you didn't know you had in a way you don't understand anyway. Uh, a bio, Let's see. A mathematician is a blind man in a dark room looking for a black cat, which isn't there anyway. Oh, that's a little, that's a little, a little difficult to understand, but uh, somewhat um, you, you can kind of see what they mean. Uh, let's see. And there's another list here that's a little a more of a lighter thing that if you're a little older, you might like this. I started out with nothing and still have most of it. Yeah, I've been there. My, my wild oats are mostly enjoyed with prunes and Kellogg Allbrand. Yeah. Funny thing, I don't remember being absent-minded. Funny thing, I don't remember being absent-minded. Yeah, I get that. Some days you're the top dog. Some days you're the hydrant. Uh, I wish the buck really did stop here. I could sure use a few more of them. Um, oh, this one is cute. It's hard to make a comeback when you haven't been anywhere. Okay. Are you really a has-been? If you ever never were somebody, you can't be a has-been, right? The world only beats a path to your door when you're in the bathroom. Um, let's see here. When I'm finally holding all the right cards, 
everybody wants to play checkers. <laughs> I, I like that. These days, I spend a lot of time thinking about the hereafter. I go somewhere, get something, and then wonder what I'm hereafter. Funny, I don't remember being absent-minded when you thought, saw that coming. If walking is good for your health, the postman would live forever. Huh. Let's see. If whale swims all day, only eats fish, and drinks water, but is still fat. Go figure that one out. A rabbit runs and hops and only lives 15 years, while a tortoise doesn't run, does mostly nothing, yet lives for 150, and they tell us to exercise? I don't think so. That's a good list to begin the new year Begin the new year with. Anyway, 719-473-1240 is our phone number, and we're glad um, you're with us here. What's going on around around your house, I'd like to know. You know, talk radio... I've been in this business a long time, over 30 years now, and um, going on 35, I guess. And, uh, you know, complaining, pet peeves, whining about your little the things that bug you uh, doesn't make really good talk radio. But I got to <clears throat> share with you, Chris, and, and the audience. Yesterday, I was in a restaurant, not an upscale restaurant, but a nice sit-down place, a chicken place here in town. And not fast food, but a regular restaurant. And there were two people in there talking on their cell phone with their speaker on. <clears throat> so you could hear them, you know, babbling away. And then hear this kind of really whiny, you know how speakers sound, really uh, low uh, low frequency. So it's kind of a buzzy, whiny sound. You could hear both sides of the conversation. I finally turned to the lady who was an older lady. I was surprised and just told her, please take it off speaker. And she looked at me like, Oh, okay. Like she didn't even understand. So it used to be <clears throat> that we, the world said, you know, you really shouldn't have a conversation at all in a restaurant because people are there trying to eat and talk, and it is distracting. Now we've slipped that uh, that that um, has has become more common. Now people are putting it on the speaker. Don't like that at all, Chris. You, you have the same reaction. I think yeah. it's a little a little rude, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, I I tend to do that too. So, but I'm, you know, I mean, I don't have <laughs> that many people to talk to uh, over the phone when um, uh, when I'm in, in a restaurant or anything like that. So, yeah, well, I, you know, listen, you everybody brings their phone in a restaurant. You, you want don't want to get away from the phone. And I mean, the you, same can, way, you can. You yeah. can. I mean, that's why you've got headsets, Ear, earbuds, now. earbuds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or you can hold it up to your ear, but of course, you're eating. You don't want to hold it up to your ear, but there needs to be a way to not, it's just a little, uh, particularly in a crowded restaurant where people are the next table over because, I mean, and I'm also seeing, and I scowl at people that do this, playing YouTube videos on their phone in restaurants on the speaker. So you hear, you know, some rock and roll song or or some, you know, clapping and some comedian yucking it up and stuff. I just think that's... That's uh, people are not as thoughtful as they used to be. I guess I'm trying to say, and uh, and that's something that um, would lead me in here. Oh, we haven't got time in this segment. This Peggy Noonan column about how things went in Tokyo when that uh, that wicked plane crash. You see that charred? Yes. Just a big lump of charred metal where a big Airbus 350 used to be. Anyway, that went well, not for the Coast Guard guys. <clears throat> you know, rest in peace, five uh, Coast Guard folks. Died, I, you know, but the main plane with 300 and I don't know, 67 passengers 
Um, they got out, all got out safely. Crew of 12, I think. That's really an amazing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't have any particular topic du jour today other than, you know, you want to make sure your house is buttoned up for cold weather. And I, I did look at a house this week that had mold in the attic. And it reminds me, and we can talk about this a little later. Again, I don't have time to spend a lot of time right this minute. But um, um, you need to check in your attic and your crawl space once in a while, you shouldn't take those spaces for granted because things can change and you're not aware of it. And it can change really in, in, in really bad ways in terms of the, the health of your house and the health of you and the family. So we can talk about that a little bit, too. You need to look in your attic and I'll tell you some things to look for after we take a break for these messages. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Stick around. You know, I've been doing this show a long time, and I've had people call say it's hard to find a good plumber. And when you do think you find one, you know, the sticker shock when they give you the bill. Uh, what, do I, what do I do? Well, I want you to call Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. They're veteran-owned. Local folks have a great reputation from a simple dripping faucet to a new water heater to get your sewer cleaned out. These are the guys to call first. Give them a call at 719 719- Five nine seven six seven six three. Honest, upfront pricing, and no sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos because they want you as a long-term customer. They handle Bradford White and Ream water heaters, my favorite brands. And if you have sewer line issues, if you're in an older home from the mid seventies or older, you need to get your sewer line checked once in a while, and they'll give you a free TV camera look at your sewer line if you have them clean it. So call Three Amigos. Tell them I sent you three Migos Plumbing. Good guys to know. 719-597-6763. Everywhere in between. Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 19 minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. Nice to have you. Along with us, give us a call, 719-473-1240. As we've said many times, no stupid questions. Whatever's going on around around your house, I always learn something from callers, and I love uh, our interactions here. And we will be uh, polite and gracious and curious about what's happening uh, in your life when it comes to your home. In the meantime, we'll. Uh, Chris brought up something uh, this morning early he sent me a it was a TikTok video, right, Chris? It was actually it was a story from Inside Edition Inside a couple Edition. days ago. A young uh, lady is digging a tunnel under her house. She goes through the foundation. Yeah. She goes through I mean, she's literally I mean, in the video she's showing I mean, she's learning about how to, you know, go through rebar in a foundation, you know, and and you know, and then she's literally digging through the a basement, sort of like what Al, uh, what Geraldo Rivera did a number of years ago with those uh, Al Capone vaults. You know that that big uh, issue that came up back in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he opened the vault and it's full of wet sand, right? Right. Yeah. You no, know, but I mean, it's the idea. She's you know this uh, YouTuber on, in Virginia who basically was going through the bottom of a foundation of her house. You know, I mean, going tearing through the uh, brick. Of the I, house. I, I couldn't quite then, figure. And, is she going outdoors from inside? Oh of her yes, house? yeah. yeah so she's literally the- going through the foundation of the house below, going out outwards towards the backyard, and then towards 
a, oh a neighboring house, you know, and then this, the court system finally said, "Stop this! You're 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 dam you're damaging the neighborhood." You know, literally. And the local building department said yes. it's a structural. Uh, can cause structural collapse or issues. Oh, yes. And let alone the fact that the tunnel could cave in and then her family's got a big lawsuit or looking for somebody to blame or whatever. Yeah. Um, TikTok and, and social media platforms uh, do more harm than good. I think how, how many times do we see that? Yeah. Uh, and this girl just looking for, for hits, right? Yeah. For clicks. Yeah, yeah clicks. Mm-hmm. And the more clicks, the more money. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, the idea you're seeing her, she's she's never done anything before in regards to uh, welding. Uh, she's literally welding stuff underneath, uh, you know. And Shoring going, up. And, you know, and then yeah. literally rebuilding, tearing through walls, and then re, re-bricking sections of walls and stuff like that. I, oh, I, when I saw that, I was yeah. furious. I know. And, and I'm not even a home contractor. Well, and, and, and slap yourself on the forehead as the world really descended to this. You know, I've had calls before uh, and a lot of emails over the years of <clears throat> people that want to, similar to this, have a, a crawl space house and want to put a basement down there and dig out the, the dirt, you know, and haul it out and, and put rooms uh, down there. And the building department and the engineers are very ca- cautious about disturbing the foundation because that's sitting on solid um, dirt that's that's kind of native soil in an older home it gets back to kind of a native native soil condition and you disturb that at your own risk because there's all kinds of structural implications of that and a little on drainage issues you hit a water table and you got water issues um, and if you do dig out a crawl space it's very complicated very involved so she's just taking off. Uh, on a whim and doing mm-hmm. her thing, right? Right. I mean, she, I mean, she's not even thinking about you know possibility of running into a city sewer line. Yeah. Or, or electrical electric line. line. Or, or electric a, line. Yeah. Or gas pipe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet yeah. The, you know you, when you do any work around your house, you're supposed to call the locators. Right. The city locators, right. and I bet she hasn't done that either. Oh no. <clears throat> no, it's it's the thing. <clears throat> that's why you have contractors uh, on houses to. Make sure you get the proper yeah. permits yeah. to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, that's why you got these foundations built on the house a certain way. And if you break that formation and then all of a sudden you could have, uh, you know, you could weaken the foundation of the house. You know, yeah. it yeah. just. <sighs> no, there's a, 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 a dozens of reasons why it's not a good idea. <clears throat> but one of the reasons it's a good idea in today's culture is for hits on social media. So if you went to Inside Edition on YouTube and typed in Tunnel Girl Tunnel, you probably can can find it if you want to take a look. It's just a weird, one of those weird stories. Speaking of that, there was a incident with an Alaska Airlines plane. You may have seen this, where a 737 MAX, only a, a two-month-old airplane, where the door blew off the side of the airplane the uh, the manufacturer has an optional um this is a 737 max max 9 i think it was the max 8 that crashed overseas a couple of times this is a max 9 brand new essentially airplane and you can as an airliner or airline you can buy it with a window there or with an escape door an actual exit door i guess it's an emergency door in place of it so there's a cutout there for a door but they didn't want that, so Alaska Airlines got a window there, and that whole section blew out of the airplane. And if you go to DailyMail.com, you can see 
uh, the kind of video and all the pictures of it. The, but the point I'm trying to make, again, apropos of your comment about the tunnel girl, <clears throat> there was a, a young lady named Emma Vu, I guess her name was, who's a social media influencer, is that the right word? Something like that. Who was scared and she was just, just at, thought she was going to die. She just was petrified, but she had time to take selfies in the airplane of herself being scared that she was going to die. So thankfully that went well. The pilots recovered nicely. The oxygen masks came down. That's all Boeing needs is more 737 MAX troubles. But I was struck by the fact that this girl who who was in, and it's got to be, it's got to be very scary. Uh, apparently there wasn't a lot of screaming going on, but she was very scared. She texted her family, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, but I had time to take selfies. And one of the people in the Daily Mail that commented on the article said, this, gener- this selfie generation, they're not very likable people, are they? They're just kind of oddballs. And social media, <clears throat> I think, has, has just been a terrible influence on some of these people. Anyway, so that's another another story where, where social media becomes the point uh, of um, what's going on if you on facebook i'm always hit with and you may have seen these chris where it shows people doing um they're on top of a skyscraper doing handstands and cartwheels and hanging off the side of cliffs um taking selfies just to get more views and i suppose some of these people get injured or killed uh, doing this but uh, social media is a big part of our culture isn't it well, it's just the sometimes. I mean, it's, you. I mean, when, sometimes when you look at um, videos, you know, sometimes when you're looking at how to do certain things in short step by step procedures, that's great to do. You know, yeah, like fixing yeah. a, a clog tunnel or fix a clog, you know, clog toilet or. Or something like uh, you know repairing, make a simple repair or something like that. Oh yeah, those yeah. are great little <clears throat> tools there. But you know, uh, in the case of this you know young lady out in Virginia, who I mean, she didn't have any permits or qualifications, and her only guide to uh, that she was using was called a book called A Beginner's Guide to Civil Engineering. <laughs> I mean, or how to escape out of prison if you happen to be locked up. Right? Oh, no. my gosh. Well, no, you know, it's, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, when you see stuff that just doesn't make sense. When I you, know. And you, it you, just, you, you kind of wonder. You, 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 you got to, sometimes you got to use logic yeah, and to you, be, use basic stuff, especially when you're talking about a foundation of a house. Yeah, uh, yep, you know, yep. building into a, I mean, <clears throat> building like trying to build land for a pool. But if you, I mean, adjacent uh, to a house or something like that, but you obviously have to talk with the city on where city, uh, where gas lines and and electrical lines well, and and uh, and plumbing lines are. Yeah, yeah. Where she's obviously not trying to learn civil engineering; she's trying to get recognition on uh, on uh, social media because if she were really interested in civil engineering maybe she'd go back to school and learn about it right anyway <clears throat> it's it's just a weird world and social media and i don't know if maybe there could be a, a you know there's a lot of a lot more marijuana around than there has been uh and and more and more of it is they, they say pot is very strong and and uh, much stronger than it used to be in the old days, so to speak. You kind of wonder if that enters into these equations also. Oh, all I can say is, oh, my, TikTok is 
It's pretty amazing, isn't it? 719-473-1240. Do not, okay, lesson from this. Don't tunnel under your house and don't dig out the crawl space. And if you're going to talk with the proper people to, um, uh, uh, when you're talking about uh, a contractor that knows what they're doing. Yeah, engineers, contractors, the building department, exactly. Because the building departments, I know it's true here, uh, in Colorado Springs, and I'm sure it's true up in Casper and Pueblo and everywhere else, that for homeowners, for contractors, they expect you to kind of know what you're doing. Homeowners that walk into most building departments are treated nicely, respectfully, because they, you know, it's a learning kind of thing, and uh, they'll send you off in the right direction, give you the name of a draftsman or an engineer or an architect, so you can do kinds of, you know, these kinds of things. But don't tunnel under your house. Pretty good lesson. Um, um, or, you know, don't tunnel anywhere. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, go upstairs, watch a little TV, and forget about it, as they say. 719-473-1240. If you're, if you're looking to dig out a, around your house or in your house, call us here first uh, at the Around the House program. We'll be right back. Give us a holler. And we have live email at aroundthehouse.com. So we'll be right back. I want to talk to you about Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. How's your garage door look? Does it look old and tired? Probably not very energy efficient. I want you to get a hold of Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. They're having a sale, uh, 150 off for a double door, 75 off a single when you mention around the house. And they have plenty of doors in stock, unlike other folks. Your garage door is a big part of the street scene of your house. And so if it's newish, if it's stylish, has that wood grain look, which they have at Wayne Dalton, your house will look younger and, uh, and and more modern. So give them a call at 719-382-9227. Garage doors don't have to look boring. You can stop by their showroom, 1847 South Murray Road off Fountain, and take a look at these wonderful garage doors and all kinds of modern and traditional styling. And they have the industry-best polyurethane-injected insulation to save you energy. 150 off a double, 75 off a single door when you mention around the house. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719 719- 382-9227. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. 24 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Nice to have you with us as we celebrate a new year. Um, a friend of mine and I were talking, we said... Uh, goodbye 2023 nobody's gonna miss you but adios 2023 this year it's gonna be a little I, I i emailed one of my friends this morning and i said happy new year 2024 is gonna be an interesting year i hope that's all it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird year of the uh, politically of course we don't know what's gonna happen in the middle east or ukraine but it's gonna be an odd year i hope we get through it in in as they say in one piece anyway so start off a brand new year here. And we, we wanted to <clears throat> talk a little bit about if you have a, a project, you know, people sometimes think a new year, they turn the page and uh, maybe, honey, it's time for a new deck or it's time to finish the basement. We've been talking about that. Time to redo the kitchen. If you have any of those things going on in your head, give me a call because I can kind of give you some ideas about how to get started how to kick that, that those projects off. And, of course, you're thinking about income tax refunds. Sometimes 
that can help make that decision. But if there's some things you want to do around your house that you've been putting off, give us a call. 719-473-1240. I wanted to talk about uh, a house I saw this week. It reminds me to remind you uh, to take a look up in your attic once in a while. Not, you know, not once a month, but once a year for sure. And maybe twice a year, like in, once in the winter and once in the summertime. Because this house I saw, they knew something was kind of wrong because they looked up to their attic access and there was it was kind of dark staining around it. So they were thinking mold. They were friends of mine. So I got a ladder and got up there and looked around. And sure enough, over the bathrooms in this house, the roof boards or the, the plywood that the shingles are on in the attic had this dark, almost black stain on them. So what that tells me is we've been getting moisture traveling up through that ceiling. It's a 1978 house, I believe. And in those days, and it was very common, uh, the building code, you had a choice between putting a bath fan in or a window. In either case, you get ventilation. So they left the bath fans out. And all this time, of course, in the winter, you're not going to open the window when you take a shower. So we're not getting much ventilation in that bath. So... Uh, Over the years, 45, whatever years it's been, moisture has been traveling up into the attic, and there was this real dark area uh, uh, on the the roof sheathing, the plywood. So I gave them some ideas about getting, first of all, get bath fans in, get more attic ventilation, uh, which they don't have a lot of. Um, But the point is, it's, it's, it's good to uh, either you or hire a home inspector or a friend contractor maybe some an appraiser maybe he's a real estate person in your life that knows how to manipulate around a stepladder and, and have somebody if it's not you get up in the attic and look around see what's going on up there because it might surprise you first of all you get a chance to see what kind of insulation you have how much if it's settled you might need some more but the main thing is to check the attic ventilation it's a big deal because uh mold you don't want mold to get a foothold up in your attic because it just, be, you know, you. it's not that the house is going to fall down, but you're going to have to mitigate it someday. And mitigating mold in an attic is very expensive because you got to get people up there crawling around, spraying sealer and all that. Were you going to ask a question? Well, I mean, I guess in the case of mold, wouldn't that kind of linger in the uh, ventilation area there too? Considering, you know, with some of that mold in your air in the house, some of that area could linger and uh, come go through your um, venting system. Not really, uh, Chris, because the the air masses in the house and the attic are kind of separate, so it would just be up there in the attic. But the point is, as they indicated, that it it kind of crept down and was kind of creeping in through their attic access panel. That's a, that's is that what you're asking? I mean, that's a, I guess a possibility. But the point is, you got to have attic ventilation, and it's one of those things that people don't pay much attention to so what happened with this house it's it's a little hard to describe on the radio but uh it, when the builder built the house there were soffit vents all the way you know those little vents behind the gutters uh, around the house well they had a co- uh, contractor come in there and put vinyl siding and vinyl fascia coverings for so they wouldn't have to you know ma- no maintenance exterior in their house well what happened was the soffit guys covered up the the soffit vents you're supposed to put a perforated panel every everywhere there's a soffit vent so you get some breathing 
through those perforations, but they put solid panels in, so they covered the soffit vents, which made it worse, and on and on. So ventilation in an attic is a big deal. It's not at the forefront of our thinking, but attic ventilation, there's no mystery to it. You have to have convection circulation of air, and usually that's from low to high because air travels upward through the peak of the roof. So you got to have low soffit vents and high gable vents or roof vents. So they they had blocked the main ventilation in the attic, plus no no bath fans. So it was a it, it, it was easier to figure it out, and it's going to be hard to fix it. But they're going to have to do that because you just can't go on uh, with a moldy attic. It, and so um, I'm encouraging all of you to sometime soon get a step ladder. You, you want to get a six-footer. Four-footer isn't good enough because most ceilings are eight feet uh, tall or you know, or more. Usually the average is about eight feet. On a six-foot step ladder, strong flashlight, put a mask on, get up there, and just look around. You don't have to crawl up in the attic, but you can take a look uh, at the insulation and take a look if there's any mold staining of the roof boards. It's a big deal. So. Well, I mean, that's where you when we've mentioned in the past where the idea you just need to have some extra breathing in there for your uh for your attic to breathe even in the cold temperatures that's why you still need to have some air circulation going through whether it's a a ridge vent yeah, in yeah. the winter time or during the, one of those turbine vents during the summertime. Well, there's yeah. always a little you, you you can't block off the attic ventilation totally. Right. You want to um in the winter, we rely on passive solar gain, but you always got to have a little ventilation because there's always a little moisture that wants to get up there. So you create moisture in the house. It doesn't seem like it would. You got a painted drywall ceiling, but it eventually finds its way up into the attic. And you got it. You're right. An attic has to breathe because uh, the house has to breathe. And the same thing applies <clears throat> in crawl spaces. If you uh, haven't looked in your crawl space lately, it might be a and for a surprise, there might be mold down there. There could be uh, wet soil that you need to, in the winter, it's a little not as common in the winter, but there can be damp soil down there, which can also impact the house. So, yes, houses have to have to breathe, and you got to be able to <clears throat> kind of figure out what's going on in these spaces, which you don't get into that often, but you need to take a look at what's going on. So, yep. I Especially think those- on those we- uh, uh Weekends where you've got all of a sudden you got one of those severe storms that uh, you have snow building up on the side of a house or something like that, and then you want to uh, open up those vents in in the uh, in the basement there to just to make sure to still get some of that breathable air through, right? Yeah, you you do need to the ca- the crawl space has to have a little ventilation year round. In the summer, you want to open all your crawl space vents. In the wintertime, close them all but one or two on the south side of the house just to uh, have a little relief for any moisture down there. Of course, if there's a furnace in the crawl space, that's got to have combustion air. And you don't want to have the pipes freeze either, so that's another issue. But the main thing I'm focusing on here is mold. You can have it and not even be aware of it because you don't see it upstairs, but it does affect uh, your house. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back uh, with some more. uh, We have some email. Uh, that came in this week I want to talk to you about, so we'll do that right after this. We were just talking about how's your house look from the walk or drive up to it. Uh, How's the street scene, as we say, of your house? If it looks a little tired and old, I want you to call Dutch's Home Improvement. 
at 719-392-1369. They carry the best brands of windows, siding, patio covers, exterior doors to make your house not only look younger than its actual age, but also to save energy. If you have ugly old windows, all those leaky wood, steel, or aluminum windows from times gone by, I want you to call them because they're wasting energy, not just in the winter, but in the summer. Also, they have the best brands at Dutch's and the best installers in town. They've been around over 30 years, and I'm really impressed with their commitment to customer service. So call them and uh, tell Gary that I asked you to call, uh, and he'll, he's got some special pricing for you on windows and siding if you mention around the house. Dutch's Home Improvement, 719-392-1369, 392-1369. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Hey, welcome back. 11 minutes. Uh, before the hour on the Around the House program, let's talk to Carl in Denver. You're on the air with Ken Moon. Hi, Carl. How's it going? Oh, we're hanging in there. I'll tell you what. Um, I live in a 100-year-old house, uh-huh. and I have a bathroom. <laughs> I'm glad, oh, that's a good. No privy out back then, Carl, huh? <laughs> I, and actually, you know what? I knew people that had that at one time. But uh, <laughs> in the, in the, there's no attic over the, you know, over the bathroom. There is a vent that's about eh, maybe two, three inches in diameter that goes through the wall into like a, like a back porch situation. Uh-huh. So what I was kind of wondering is well, what would be a good, some good options to get a fan into that little opening there, into that, you know, something like electrical or battery or now, uh, what, wh- what is that opening? Any idea who put, you know, when it w- went in and what it's for? It looks like it's been there forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it goes right. You know, I, I know where it, I know where it is in the bathroom wall, and I also know where the outlet, you know, the outside of it is in the in the porch. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious. Is there, is there? I was just looking at something about you know ripping out the walls and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, well, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I want to go that far with it. They they do make, and I'm sure you've probably seen these online, through-the-wall vent, ventilation fans for bathrooms. They go right, you know, right outdoors. That's what I told these people. I looked at the house this week. Rather than going up through the attic and cutting a hole in the roof and all that messing around, just go through straight through the wall. And you could do the same thing, Carl. It, it, the other side of this wall is just an open porch. I mean, it was kind of a closed-in back porch. Exactly. It's got, yeah, it's got like, you know, windows and doors, but um, there's quite the airflow through there. Yeah. Oh, there, there is. So it's kind of a leaky old back porch, huh? Right. Exactly. You yeah. wouldn't want to live out there. <laughs> well, bath fans, <clears throat> you know, are for two reasons, for odor and for steam, vapor, to get rid of it. And, you know, I, you know, theoretically, you got a, a bath fan has to be ventilated directly outdoors we used to that that over the years that has changed the building codes used to allow us to uh, in a basement uh blow um uh blow air into the uh crawl space or an unfinished area like utility room they used to allow us to vent it into the attic but not necessarily outdoors and those rules have changed right now the rule is 
it must vent directly to the outdoors through a, through a, usually a roof vent. But in your case, in an old home like that, if that front porch, as you indicated, just kind of leaks air anyway, I would put a through the wall vent fan in there, and uh, and it, it would work fine. Okay, uh, and you know, I was just just kind of imagining that situation as well. Is that there is an outlet just on the just below that 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 vent outlet? So uh-huh. um, maybe, maybe I should have thought about this a little harder before calling you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That was going to be my next question. What's the electrical situation? Uh, yeah, that, that, that just explained that. I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, I, I know. I was going to. That was my. You, you're, you're ahead of me there, buddy. I was going to ask you, I mean, it's one thing to cut a hole and put a fan in. Where are you going to get the juice from? But in your case, you could, I mean, there's all kinds of clever little ways. You've got an outlet close by. You could put a a little motion detector sensor in there, right? So if you come in the bathroom and start moving around, you could, um, you know, trip the fan and it would turn on. Um, of course, that would mean you'd have to take a shower and just keep dancing and prancing in the shower stall, but... <laughs> that's another another problem um or you could put here's another option for you carl seriously uh you could put a little uh, a timer module on that and you know you come in the bathroom and 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 by the way in new homes now uh this is i don't know if this is a requirement but i see more and more i see bath fans uh, on a little timer, like a half bath, you come in there and you can punch 5, 10, or 15 minutes. And after that length of time, the fan goes off, so you don't have to remember to turn it off. You could do the same thing with a direct plug-in. And I, I know Amazon has these, a little module. You, so you walk in the bathroom to take a shower, and you punch in uh, 5 minutes or 10 minutes, and then you're you're golden. So, yeah, that would work. How does that sound to you? Well, and I was just thinking, I remember seeing uh, things similar to that in some hotels. Yep, yep. Yeah, and uh, also on the infrared, sometimes there's a uh, like a 500-watt uh, orange infrared bulb above the shower in a hotel. They don't want that running all day long. So, yeah, that'll be on a timer, 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, you could do the something similar because if you were – that's why I was – going to mention the electrical because if, if you've got to chase a wire to find a light switch it's going to be pretty pretty complicated right. yeah but a little right. timer module i think would work nicely for you but that'll that'll vent that bathroom and i think it'll less moisture accumulating so does that sound like something you could you could handle um actually it sounds like something i'm going to go on amazon uh here shortly yeah i would look for the fan and look for the timing module and and I think you'll have some fun with it. Yeah, I, and I think again, it strictly doesn't meet the code. You're supposed to vent that, but if you've got an older home like this, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, uh, the 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 I don't think I don't think the the Denver housing inspector is tapping this line, is he? No, no, I don't think so. And you're you're sort of a first name basis here. Uh, I do have your phone number. Chris does too. We, you know, I don't know. I guess we won't tell, right, Chris? So. <laughs> all right, all right. I, won't. I know nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's right carl thanks for your call happy new year to you buddy oh yeah you too okay right, take care take care bye-bye carl has been a frequent emailed contributor and caller to the show for i don't know 15 years or or more even uh from denver kind of an old uh friend of mine so many i have many old friends on the show chris i've never met before but know their voices like our buddy john from laramie uh, up near laramie yeah same idea. Made a lot of friends on the radio. 
voices only, but that's okay. 719-473-1240. They, they don't see my, my face either. I have a face for radio, Chris tells me, and so um, that's good. So do I. Yeah, there you go. Let's see. Oh, before we leave here, I don't know what, what triggered this, but um, somebody sent me an email about um, I, I was talking about water alarms, and this is something that I think is I've, I've covered this topic before, but it's a good one. Water alarms uh, are, are should be part of your planning, and your if you have a crawl space house and there's a furnace down there, you have a water heater down there, and places where you can't see, uh, you can buy some inexpensive water alarms, battery powered that p- you put on the dirt or on the floor of the utility room or whatever and if there's a leak a water leak uh it starts screaming and and howling at you and a little siren so you know you have a water leak the same thing where this makes the most difference is on the second floor if you have a laundry upstairs and many new homes do now the washer and dryer up on the second floor and if there's a leak it can be a absolute catastrophe you come home and the and the ceiling is collapsed. You get the idea. It could just be an absolute mess. It's one thing to have a, a laundry leak in the basement on the concrete floor. But if you have a second floor laundry, I want you to check out a water alarm. Now, you you don't, you don't want more than just a alarm that howls and screams at you and whistles or whatever, beeps at you. You want one that either calls your cell phone or turns the water off or both because washing machine hoses can burst there can be an overflow of your uh, of the of the waste line coming out of your washing machine that can plug up with lint and so on so you can go online or you can call your alarm company and get a water alarm combination uh, with a solenoid valve that you hook into your hot and cold water lines and you can get a, a one little wi-fi one that'll call your cell phone if you'd like so if there's a water leak the sensor on the floor senses it, shuts off the hot and cold water, calls your cell phone, that that kind of idea. If you have a a furnace in the crawl space, which, you, you know, never go down there, a water heater in the crawl space, water alarms down there also are, are a good idea. So go online. You can look at uh, all kinds of cheap and inexpensive and uh, expensive and elaborate water alarm sensors and systems at Amazon or wherever else you choose. The water alarms here and there are a great idea to protect your house. We'll be back with part two of Around the House after the news. Give us a call, Minutes after the hour, part two of Around the House. We're uh, glad you're with us here. Happy New Year from Chris and me, all of us here at, a, at the Around the House program. Uh, in our 30, let's see, 31st year of doing this on a Saturday, uh, our one to three, we, our Casper folks, uh, KTWO and Casper uh, carries the program. Uh, they time shift it to 4 p.m. That's fine. All, hello to our, a shout out to all of our friends up in casper i have a lot of friends up there and i've been on the air there over 25 years so we're glad you're with us ktwo if you're ever starting in i guess around fort collins or so going north 50,000 watt k2 you can take you know here all the way 
up in central Wyoming covers the state like a blanket. Ten thirty on the dial. That is a, that's a that's a nostalgic frequency for me, Chris. Because when I was a kid in New England, WBZ, which was one of the WBZ and WBZA were the one of the first radio stations in the country. Period. Back in the early twenties, Westinghouse Broadcasting. So WBZ was on ten thirty. So it was a rock and roll thing. Norm Prescott and Dave Maynard, and uh, you know, playing all the Chubby Checker and Elvis records, and and um, you know, the Five Satins and all those rock and roll. Uh, who else? Everly Brothers, all those. So ten thirty is a, a, and that's the frequency of KTWO. So it's a nostalgic uh, thing for me. Actually, it's kind of interesting. It's inside radio, it probably will bore bore our listeners, but a WBZ and WBZA were. Of sister stations, of course, and they were both on 1030. The only, uh, and they were, they were 90 miles apart, Springfield, WBCA, and Boston, WBC. So they were on the same uh, frequency, and it seemed to work out fine. 1030 in Springfield and 1030 in Boston. They were covered uh, New England pretty well until the FCC put a stop to that because it was tying up a license that they could then buy KYW in Philadelphia, which is way too inside radio. But but the, the fact that I have two stations 90 miles apart uh, with similar call letters on the same frequency was a little bit of an oddity, broadcasting oddity. Speaking of New England uh, and, uh, you know, the good old days and AM terrestrial radio, uh, which is kind of my roots, as you can tell. Uh, uh, so I talk about it a lot. Of course, podcasting now has become... Um, you know, then FM was, when I was a, a young man, FM was, there were just a few stations around FM, uh, and they were simulcasting AM stations, so there wasn't the original FM pro- programming. And then in the 70s, FM took off, and now it's probably surpassed AM radio, but now podcasting is surpassing both of them, isn't it? It's a big deal now, and we have a podcast of this program. We're not being left in the technology dust here. We have Around the House podcast available uh, on uh, online. You can go to my website, aroundthehouse.com. It'll take you to the KRDO site for podcast or go right to krdo.com slash radio. And we have them going back over 18 months now. Uh, so you can listen segment by segment to the Around the House program. And we uh, are getting a lot of downloads and we really appreciate that uh let's see here back to uh, oh this is i was going to say speaking of new england uh my stomping grounds i have relatives in the hartford west hartford area so connecticut hits a speed bump on the race to mandate electric vehicles uh as a headline in the wall street journal for i don't know 20 some odd years now since well longer than that 1994 hartford has tied its uh, emission standards for passenger cars to California, kind of hitch- hitchhiking along with the California rules, which are very, very uh, strict. Um, and so they were going to follow California in getting rid of gas-powered cars altogether. Uh, starting in 2026, 35% of all new Connecticut cars would need to be electric, increasing rates of sales to 2035 when uh, every new car would be zero-emission uh, which means electric cars, I guess. And there's pushback now. And New England is quite a progressive and liberal part of the country. You wouldn't expect a lot of pushback, but people are starting to figure out that maybe this isn't that good an idea. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> and and 
there's a legislative put back, pushback even from Democrats. Uh, 59% of Connecticut voters oppose the proposed ban on gasoline-powered cars. So they're saying not so fast. Uh, progressives say it's merely a speed bump on the road to full EV adoption in Connecticut. But some legislative leaders are saying, um, uh, maybe we need to rethink this. According to the Wall Street Journal, this is the thinking in Connecticut, which is starting to spread to other parts of the country. Uh, not so fast, as people are saying, with EVs. Electric vehicle mandates aren't cost-free. They come packaged with environmental, social, policy implications. They require many times the amount of minerals to manufacture as regular gas cars. The cobalt, this is the part that bothers me, the cobalt used in many lithium-ion batteries is mined with child and near-slave labor in the Congo, in Africa. The majority of mineral processing occurs in China, who's the world's largest carbon emitter. They build coal plants uh, on and on and on in China. Electric vehicles are heavier than regular cars and trucks, which increase costs and burdens on roads, bridges, and tires. Tires wear out quicker. There's more There's more particulate matter in the air from tires that wear out more quickly. And, of course, heavier cars are more dangerous. They increase accident fatality rates. And in Connecticut, according to the Wall Street Journal, there's also the strange reality that consumers can't buy cars directly from manufacturers. This is interesting, Chris. So anyone who wants to purchase a Tesla, the world's most popular EV, can do so only on the sovereign tribal land at Mohegan Sun Casino and Resort. Go figure that out. Uh, So the state is trying to tell people what to buy, make it more difficult for them to acquire in the first place. Policymakers across the country convince themselves electric vehicles of the future that there's a market. If that's the case, why are we mandating electric vehicles? It'll just take care of itself if that's what people want. It's unclear what the future holds for EVs in Connecticut, but they're going to untie themselves from the strict California vehicle uh, emission standards. And California is, of course, clomping its way to a total ban on gas cars. And I think, it, I don't know, is it is it by 2035, something like that? Yeah, entirely ban gas cars in California by 2035. We'll see how that goes. But it's the old thing, you know, if you have to mandate something, um, why? Uh, if people don't want what you're selling, then you got to mandate it. And it looks like people aren't uh, aren't buying the, the EV thing uh, hook, line, and sinker like the government regulators thought they would. Uh, I don't know about you, Chris. I'm a, I'm a hybrid guy. I like hybrid cars because you get the best of both worlds that way. So anyway. yeah, like we mentioned last week, you know, the idea that you know the, the if you try and get a replacement battery for the, some of these electric only vehicles, they're more than the actual cost of the, of car. the vehicle. Of yes. the car, yeah, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand routinely, and then you got to figure out what to do with the old battery. Uh, where are you going to recycle that? It's 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 just. Again, I, I just say this over and over. It's such a simple concept, but it's it's ignored so often. You pass a mandate or regulation, but nobody says, then what? And that's the problem, I think. There's no then what go- going on in uh, when government regulators uh, roll up their sleeves, right? 719-473-1240. A little later on, I want to cover Peggy Noonan had a great column about the Tokyo near air disaster well it was a disaster for the coast guard folks but 
uh, that that uh, this plane was evacuated with no injuries, or at least no, I think there were some minor injuries, but uh, nobody died out of 367 people on that big Airbus 350 in Tokyo. And Peggy Noonan analyzes that contrast Japanese behavior with our culture, and I th- think you'll find her conclusions fascinating. And so we'll talk about that a little later. It's quarter past the hour. Time for a break. 719-473-1240. And we have live email at uh, roundthehouse.com. So give us a call. We'll be right back. Well, now, what's the situation with the plumbing at your house? Are you reluctant to call a plumber because you've heard all the horror stories about overcharges and selling you stuff you don't need and all that? Well, I got an idea for you. Call Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. Veteran-owned local company. I've met these folks, and, and they're just good guys, and they, they, they just approach it as an honest, upfront pricing situation, a free estimate, no hidden fees included, because they want your referrals, a big deal to get referrals from you to to your friends and and your relatives you will love three amigos the way they operate best prices in town on ream and bradford white water heaters if you're in an older house built before the mid-70s you need to get that sewer line looked at and they'll do that for free with a fiber optic tv camera if you have them clean clean the line out honest upfront pricing no surprises no sticker shock three amigos plumbing 719-597-6763-597-6763 for three amigos Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 20 minutes after uh, the hour on the Around the House program. We're glad you uh, are with us. Hope your new year is unfolding the way you want it to. Uh, Again, I mentioned last hour, if you have a project in mind, friend of mine down the street she's going to remodel her bathroom and need some recommendations from me i gave her some names of contractors but sometimes you don't know how to get started who to call first whom to call first whether it's an architectural draftsman or the city uh, find out what permits you need those kinds of things but you you make a new year's resolution do you make new year's resolutions chris uh somewhat sometimes yeah okay yeah but I, I, I know my parents have been looking at the idea of renovating their kitchen. Yeah. You know, there are some elements where the uh, we've got like portions of the floor where it's cold all the time. You know, and the idea maybe just trying to uh, redo the um, flooring and stuff like that and with um, probably get some extra insulation in some of these areas, I guess, where uh, it isn't as cold, especially near the sink area. Yeah, that if you're going to redo the flooring, that LVT luxury vinyl tile, if you, if you check that out or not, mm-hmm. all the builders are using it's really good stuff. You might, you might check that. Yeah, I was I asked you about the New Year's resolution because I, I go to the one of the YMCA's uh, here in town, and sure enough, every year this time of year, people resolve to exercise more. So it was full to the brim, and that kind of peters out. It takes a month or so uh, to peter out, but uh, you know, listen. Uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, just the, if you make one about smoking or drinking or exercise or diet or whatever, the fact that you're, even if you don't uh, stick to the resolution uh, resolutely, uh, that's not, that's a play on words. If you're not assiduous about it, if you don't hang in there with it, just the fact that you're thinking about it makes you more aware of maybe what you need to do with your, with your life, I guess. Uh, I used to make 
resolutions about smoking never came true. I finally quit, but it took a long, a long time. But uh, I don't make them anymore. I guess because um, I guess I uh, probably no, I won't keep them. So there, you, there you go. Anyway, seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our contact line. So I started to say, uh, well, who do you call first? And sometimes it's it's a matter of calling uh, like an appraiser or a realtor. Because sometimes you'll over-improve your house. I've had people say, well, you know, should I? One of my neighbors put a second story on their house. have a ranch-style home, and they could call it pop the top, and, and or, or added a wing or a master bedroom uh, annex to the house, an addition. And uh, realtors, uh, real estate people kind of know neighborhoods, know values, and sometimes you can over-improve your house and uh, bump it to the top of the price heap in your neighborhood which is not a good place to be you kind of want to be somewhere in the upper middle of the price range of your neighborhood so a real estate person or an appraiser might be a good way now remodeling in the inside of course that's always a good idea if you have an old house like you're talking about chris that you want to get new baseboard doors cabinets um kitchens and baths of course are where you start and um painting the inside just simply repainting can brighten things up and all that. So if you have a project you want to get started on, want to know how to get started, you can call us here, 719-473-1240. Let's see here. John says, I had an upstairs toilet overflow. It leaked down under the garage ceiling. Should I remove the drywall? Uh, the ceiling is not sagging, but should I remove the drywall and check it anyway? Uh, the good news is we live in a part of the world where mold is not a huge issue like it would be other parts of the country like down south and that kind of thing. If you caught it fairly quickly right away, you should be uh, you should be okay. Um, if if you fix the leak, uh, obviously uh, you have you you uh, overflowing toilets relatively easy to fix. So I would just wait a month or so and look for the signs of mold on the garage ceiling mold grows very slowly if at all around here because it needs ambient moisture to feed itself mold and other fungi like a mildew is you know the obviously the other one um and so uh it, it if the moisture source is removed it usually dies out so if you don't see any mold appear on your garage ceiling then no i would not cut a hole in it i would not bother with trying to uh, you know uh, pop it open and see what's going on in there because as we've said many times if mold is not part of your indoor air environment uh, if, if you can't see it you're not breathing it so what do you care if there's a little mold in the hidden cavity above your garage ceiling <clears throat> as long as you fix the leak it'll eventually die off because it needs moisture to survive so I probably would just keep an eye on it that's true for leaks wherever they are uh, in the house if you don't see mold formation then just kind of forget about it as they say in new york city and uh, if you do see mold uh, common places of course are under sinks behind the washing machine behind toilets and shower and and bathtub areas uh, uh, under the kitchen sink if you do see mold on uh, ceilings walls floors uh, you you have to figure out where the moisture source is that created that mold in the first place and it can be old if you're in an older house it can be years ago decades ago and it was fixed long ago but the mold wasn't mitigated it's easy to do yourself you just kill it 
and seal it. Basically, hydrogen peroxide or Clorox and water, kill the mold, wipe it down, and uh, let that dry, and uh, and then put some primer sealer over the mold stains, and and then your final paint coat on, or whatever, you, however you want to refinish that area, and uh, don't worry about it. If you've killed it and sealed it, you've isolated it away from the indoor air environment, so it's not a big. It's not a big uh, a big deal. Uh, most people are not allergic to mold. About, I don't know, the last I looked, 10 or 15% uh, of the population has genuine mold allergies. Uh, mold is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, floating around in the air, as you know. That's why cheese, uh, uh, bread and cheese turn blue and green, and, you know, because of mold floating around and so on. So uh, don't worry about it. Kill it and seal it if you find it. If you can't see it. In an older house, I guarantee you there's mold in hidden cavities around older homes like turn-of-the-century homes. Turn of the, not this century, but the last century. Homes built in the early 1900s. Uh, I'm sure there's, you know, there's mold in concealed spaces, but if you can't seal it, it's not, uh, it's not part of that indoor air environment, so don't worry about it. 719 um, this is from, who's this from? Uh, John, my bathroom. No, this is from Gene. Never mind. Yeah, Gene. My bathroom was remodeled several years ago. The new texture doesn't match the old walls. How can I redo it or can it simply be patched? Um, there's no real way to modify the texture. If you try to sand it down to smooth it out or something, you're just going to cause a lot of damage and you're going to have to re-drywall because you're liable to uh, tear up the paper on the existing drywall. Uh, again, we're back <clears throat> to my old friend wallpaper. I know you roll your eyes when you hear the word wallpaper, but seriously, if, if you can apply a, uh, an, uh, an underliner paper, which is sort of a, a, a just kind of a plain paper background, like like a paper bag kind of idea, uh, and 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 um, and then a heavy layer of vinyl wallpaper. Uh, and then the texture will be out of sight, out of mind. So in other words, or even just the heavy vinyl alone without the uh, liner paper might work okay uh, also. So I would just cover it up. The heavy vinyl that you get, kind of similar to you see in doctor's offices and other you know office buildings and so on, can be a tan or a gray, a kind of a muted texture pattern that doesn't really uh, obtrude into your decorating scheme. Um uh, and so, you know, you can try patching the drywall, uh, but it, it it's probably going to look like a drywall patch. Um, you can, uh, it, it just isn't going to look good. Uh, you can have a professional retexturing drywall company. There are companies that specialize in patching. You might have them come look at it um, and, uh, and just see if, um, uh, if they can, if they can match it. If they say they can, uh, let them, you know, give it a try. It's it's retexturing drywall um, is um, is an art, not a science, and you have to know what you're doing. You got to have the right tools, of course, and the right texture nozzles and those kinds of things. So you you know, if you have a a friend that's in the real estate business, many times they have because you know if they handle rentals, they manage properties for landlords. Holes in walls are very common, and sometimes they need to call these people to do a repatching job. So you might check around, see if you can find somebody that can do that. If not, that heavy, uh, if you just want to do it yourself, the heavy wall, the vinyl wallpaper is really an answer. It's not the perfect answer, 
But I think you'll like the results, and you can do that yourself. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the plane crash in Tokyo and the Japan versus the U.S. We'll do that right after this. Uh, I have a lot of friends in the real estate business, and they say the market is a little odd right now. What they mean by that is interest rates are kind of unpredictable. And if you've decided to stay put and not move, not move up or move across the town, you might want to improve the house you're in and get a, a facelift on the outside. And I want you to call Dutch's Home Improvement. That's their specialty. New windows, siding, maybe a patio cover, a new front door. Just what you need to spiff up the house. If you're going to stay put, you might as well get a new look and, and be a little more pleased with the exterior appeal of your house. Dutch's Home Improvement, 719-392-1369. I know you've seen their name around town. They've been around over 30 years. And the reason they have is they have the best installers in town and they have a big-time commitment to customer service. They carry the best brands of new vinyl, energy-efficient windows, and, and as I say, I have the best installers in town. So call Gary and the folks at Dutch's 719-392-1369. 392-1369 for Dutch. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's uh, 25 minutes before the hour. Anyway, in Japan, in, uh, in one of the Tokyo airports, there was a crash this week on Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, Airbus 350, which is a big airplane, collided with a small turboprop Coast Guard airplane. Sadly, five of the six folks on the Coast Guard, they were flying out for earthquake survivor uh, relief, uh, and uh, they were five of the six were killed. But uh, remarkably... The 367 uh, passengers and 12-person crew survived on the big plane. It's been called a miracle. And uh, this is kind of interesting. Apparently, the Coast Guard plane was not supposed to be on the runway, but that's the preliminary flavor I got of the of the accident. But we're going to see how that unfolds. Anyway, the Times um, quoted, the New York Times quoted a 17-year-old passenger from Stockholm, Anton Debbie, the cabin crew very professional. No one could have seen it, uh, could even uh, see in their eyes that they were scared. No one ran ahead to save themselves. Everybody waited for instructions. It grew hot inside. People yelled, but um, there was a lot less commotion than I would have thought. The passengers uh, were calm. Uh, he and his family crawled to the door, made it down the emergency slide. He said it was a long uh, uh, drop. Um, and uh, this, this Peggy Newman. Peggy Noonan column. I didn't introduce this properly, Chris. What America can learn from the Tokyo crash. After the crash, a friend visiting Kyoto wrote to me, Peggy Newman, to say he felt the primary reason no one lost their life is that the Japanese are less individualistic and more consensual. They see themselves as part of a corporate entity. They're part of something, of something bigger than themselves, a nation with ingrained mores and ways of being. And so Peggy Noonan says, I asked Rahm Emanuel, the U.S. ambassador to Japan, what it is about the Japanese that saved the day. He said it's a society that places high value on personal honor, responsibility to community, respect for authority. No one in Japan would mouth off or be violent with a flight attendant trying to protect you and the rest of the flying public, for example. He followed up in a text. Also, here, five-year, listen to this, Chris, five-year-olds walk to school unaccompanied, 
crossing busy streets for blocks, cars stop, and kids uh, uh, let kids cross at walkways. It's sublime. A question I suspect crossed a lot of people here, what would if that had been a Delta flight full taking off um, uh, or landing rather at JFK full of Americans home from the holidays? Would it have gone such an orderly uh, orderly way? And Peggy Noonan says, my guess it would have been very different. More every man for himself. American individualism is a beautiful thing, but can tip toward narcissism and we're tipping that way. A guy in seat 3A would be rummaging through the overhead bin looking for his bag. A 20-year-old woman would be standing on her seat screaming as she live streams on TikTok. Here we go again. The social media influencer in 15B would be demanding someone come and lift her from her seat. We, as Peggy Noonan continues, we less and less see ourselves as part of a large corporate endeavor, something with traditions and expectations. We have less expectation the other person will do the right thing. We spend a lot of time on social media watching Americans let other Americans down, robbing them, hijacking cars. We're demoralized by what we see of who we are. We haven't absorbed in a long time the healthy sense of we are America. We stay calm because the meaning of we are Americans is chained from we come from something real and hold just pride in it to we came from a rapacious nation founded on wicked things. Who wants to be a part of that and carry on that way of being? This too has demoralized us. We don't respect self-restraint so much and wonder if it's cowardice. We honor emotion more than thought. And that's kind of the money sentence in this in this article. So um, interesting analysis that Peggy Noonan makes. If you if you have a friend, if you're, you go to the today's Wall Street Journal, you can download this. We do need to work on our national style, says Peggy Noonan. In these areas, common courtesy, which doesn't seem to doesn't have to be an old-fashioned thing, rather, a shown respect for others, an actual concern for people, putting reason back up there with emotion. Amen. And yes, the adults being the adults in the room and on the airplane. A sense of somebody in charge, that's one of the things that we lack, a sense of somebody taking responsibility. And she asks, what if you'd been in the crash? Crash. What role would you have played in a similar situation? Very interesting analysis, Chris. What do you think of that? You know, it's it's very interesting on that. You know, uh, when you think back about uh, fifteen years ago, you had the the miracle on the Hudson. Yes, that yeah, was the, the Charles uh, Sullenberger, the uh, pilot of that Sully uh, uh, Sully Sullenberger, right? The U.S. Yeah. Airways flight. You know, and then you know the way he was able to get everybody to remain calm uh and uh you know they they landed on the hudson river and all 155 people on that flight survived when was that chris did you look that up yes that was in uh january 15th 2009 so almost 15 years about ago. 15 about almost 15 years ago yeah there is a faint a picture and i you, I you could find this online of uh the the plane floated because mm-hmm. he, he turned the right vents, uh, you know, there's air vents, he turned them off so uh, it would hold water. Uh, and you can see there's a whole bunch of people standing on the wing, mm-hmm. and the guy at the very end has a suitcase with him. That's I, I never forget that, forget that picture. Don't take your stuff with you. Well, that's a good example. That, it's funny she didn't mention that because she's from New York City. But social media was not a big part of our of our culture in those days and um but we also but also earlier this week we also had that train derailment uh in new york city too 
yeah, uh, and yeah. the subway system there. And thankfully, nobody was killed in that situation there. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was able to work calmly and uh, as best they can as they're, as they're trying to get through uh, that situation down there with uh, people getting stuck down there. You know, that, that part or paragraph in there about in Japan, five-year-olds go to school uh, across busy streets and intersections uh, and they walk for blocks. You'd never see that here anymore. And that indicates to me, of course, Japan is more of a homogeneous culture. It's kind of isolated, uh, unlike us here. But that's when I was a young man, that was common. You would go, your folks would let you go to 7 Eleven on your own. We weren't as worried and we weren't as uptight about um, uh, risk as we are today. But that, I was struck by that five year olds walking to school by themselves. Anyway, it's good food for, for thought. What have we become? would become more narcissistic, more emotional, and less thoughtful is a good is a good question. Just yeah, good just food people, for thought. I mean, the idea just people need to be uh, more focused, especially when you're talking about kids. You know, yeah, we had a situation. I saw a situation recently where somebody uh, recently ran through a bus stop. Uh, a school bus was dropping off kids. You know, a kid was just crossing the street, and then all of a sudden, there's a car. Yeah buzzing right by the bus even though the uh stoplights were on the bus and you know like the people didn't care yeah well we've become more inward focused instead of outward focused to other uh other people you can see it when people drive they don't use their turn signals like they ought to and those kinds of and let alone their heads the metaphors their heads down walking down the street looking at their phones walking into mailboxes and light poles and things Inward focus instead of outward focus to our fellow man and fellow woman. That's that's my takeaway from that piece. But if you have the Wall Street Journal editorial page is really great. I've been a subscriber for many years. It's not inexpensive. It's like 30, oh, it's 38 bucks a month or something like that. But uh, it's it's really worth worthwhile. It's a good balanced editorial page. But Peggy Noonan used to write speeches for Ronald Reagan. She goes way, way back in the political scene 719-473-1240 if you have some thoughts on that or anything else you can give us a call we'd love to hear from you we have live email at aroundthehouse.com we can take our last break and be right back after this right here on around the house i want to talk to you about your garage door does it look old and tired has been hailed on just needs to be replaced is it energy efficient if it's an old one it probably is and i want you to talk to the folks at wayne dalton sales and service the most famous name in garage doors they're having a sale right now 150 off a double or 75 off a single door when you mention around the house and they have lots of doors in stock and garage doors they don't have to be boring either you can see the new wood grain impression plank doors in traditional and modern styles, everything in between at the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service Showroom at 1847 South Murray, right off of Fountain. And by the way, they're a gold dealer for Genie Openers. That Genie door side opener super quiet and uh, has a great appearance. No more hardware on your garage ceiling, so check that out. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 1847 South Murray, or 719-382-9227 for Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's, uh, what is it, 11 minutes before 
uh, the hour now. The winter is here, but we've got a long way to go. As a matter of fact, Chris and I were talking, it's going to be single digits here before by the end of the of the week. So there's a lot of cold weather uh, to come before spring gets here, another three months or so. And as you're, we were talking earlier about this, but it's worth digging into a little bit. Uh, ventilation. Uh, many people uh, have uh, attic ventilation that they uh, – I have a neighbor that does this, as a matter of fact. They have uh, attic vents uh, that are on the side of the house called gable vents. They're big, square, rectangular uh, vents that uh, – he co- he covers his vents up uh, with from the outside, Has a, gets up on a toll ladder and puts a piece – I don't know if it's plywood or – uh, what uh, some kind of insulation blanket over those to keep the breeze from blowing through that's not a bad idea then you get to capture that solar gain so if you want to isolate some of the attic vents if you have turbine vents on your house the ones that spin uh it's a good idea to shroud those in the winter time so they don't spin which sucks heat out of the attic and they also they last longer so if you can if comfortable on a ladder Climb up there with a black garbage bag and a bungee cord and kind of shroud those so they don't spin and they don't release heat from the attic. Because we're lucky here, we have all those wonderful blue sky, clear winter days where the sun heats up the attic and that heat can leak into the house, helping us with our uh, with our heating bills. <clears throat> Your crawl space, uh, most of you uh, who have crawl spaces have several crawl space vents. Uh, four to six is kind of average. And... You want to cover up some of those in the wintertime, the ones that face the most north, northeast, that kind of thing, where a lot of that winter, windy, snowy weather comes from. You can go under the crawl space and shove a piece of insulation in those, you know, right on the inside of that crawl space vent, just cram it up in there, put a, you know, put a mask on and some rubber gloves and, and just block the, and, and keep the ones on the south side open. So you get some a little air relief. The crawl space has to breathe year round, but you don't want it. You don't want those cross breezes, that wind to go sideways through your crawl space or your attic. So those are just some things to think about to try to save energy in your house. Of course, your storm door. You've got that glass panel in your storm door now. Um, I'm sure you've uh, you've done that. You have a whole house attic fan. I've done this. <clears throat> I did this about oh a month ago. I forgot to mention it to you i have a whole house uh, with the louvers in my hallway ceiling and i went online and bought an insulating blanket for my for that uh with a velcro so i it it's a shiny white kind of plastic uh cover that goes on the on the hallway side of that whole house fan it's not unattractive it kind of matches the ceiling and uh, it has a double velcro uh that you you Velcro the uh, the hook side of the Velcro all the way around the the perimeter of the of the louver system in the hallway ceiling, and then Velcro the blanket and and shove it up on there. It, it clings nicely all winter long, and you see that shiny plastic uh, cover up there. But it keeps the cold air from coming down from the attic because believe me, it'll want to go through those louvers and cool down your crawl space and that usually is where your thermostat is so you don't want extra cold air in there so make sure you have some kind of cover on that whole house uh, attic fan in your hallway ceiling as i say you can go online and find covers for those speaking of insulation this is from ernie i have about 20 inches 
of fiberglass attic insulation now, but the house is two by four construction, always feels chilly. <clears throat> so I'm thinking of adding more insulation to the attic would be a good idea. Probably not. If you've got 20 inches of insulation, you've got around an R60, and that's a lot. Uh, that's more uh, than the requirement is now in the building codes, which depends where you are. It can be 12 inches, can be 15 inches, but uh, no, 60 R60 is is a lot, much more uh, rigorous than most of the building and energy codes require. And you've reached the point, I think, Ernie, of diminishing returns. That is, you add more insulation on top of what you have now, it'll squeeze the air out of the insulation lower down, which lowers the overall value. As you pile up more insulation, the air pockets in in the insulation itself uh, get squeezed down, and that's where the insulation value comes from. Um, and, and I'm, but so no, I would not go beyond the twenty inches you have now. As a matter of fact, I would have stopped at fifteen or sixteen. Uh, I'm inter- interested in your comment you made about feeling chilly. Uh, the trouble with feeling chilly is it it makes us turn up the thermostat. And sometimes you can feel chilly when the overall internal temperature of the house is on the on the average is okay. Uh, heat radiates from our bodies to the nearest cold surface like a window, patio door. Um, so I'm wondering what you have for window coverings. If you have good vinyl windows now or older uh, windows you may need to replace. So feeling chilly usually relates to the windows. Uh, and when you feel chilly, you turn the thermostat up, which wastes energy. So, you know, it's like having a, a your, what, do, what do they say, a bucket, a bucket of boiling water and a bucket of ice water and put a foot in each one on the average, you're fine. Uh, so same thing here. And the average, your house temperature might be okay. But if you feel chilly, I would invest in insulated blinds, drapes, shades, uh, to uh, to make sure that you don't you're not feeling that kind of chilly feeling from a window or patio door. Also, I want to make sure that you don't have any of those uh, plastic baffles. I see these used a lot. These are those curved, clear plastic baffles that people put over a heat vent, which curves the airflow out into the room. Have you seen those, Chris? <clears throat> and those are yeah. not a good idea. The, the theory is fine. But when we design heating systems, we design the heat to go up the outside walls where the cold surface is to wash over that surface. And so if you put the plastic curved baffles on, you're defeating the design of the heating system. So, you again, you end up feeling colder. The only exception is if you have drapes that hang down over your heat vents, you might want to put those baffles in to keep the air from ballooning up behind the drapes. But... Generally speaking, those clear, and they have little magnets on them. They attach to the heat vents. Generally, you don't want to use those. You want to wash that that room air, the warm room air over the outside windows, patio door, and walls, surfaces, and so on. That's the way the the, uh, heating system was designed, okay? Finally, let's see. We have here, Jay says, do the vents in the heating system really need to be cleaned, or is it a waste of uh, money? Um, you have to maybe figure this out for yourself. Generally speaking, the heat vents in your house are nice and smooth. If you look down there with a with a, uh, a bright flashlight and a swivel mirror, maybe stick your cell phone down in there and take a picture. Generally speaking, unless your house is really old, I mean, I'm talking like 75, 100 years old, generally speaking, if you've changed your furnace filters 
<clears throat> regularly like you're supposed to, uh, you're probably going to see clean sheet metal down on those. In that case, you probably don't need to get your ducts cleaned. On the other hand, you have an old house that maybe wasn't well-maintained, and you see a layer of dust and crud on the inside of those uh, heat ducts, probably a good idea to get your vents cleaned out. It can be a little pricey, so you really need to shop around, but usually in, uh, vent cleaning is sort of over-marketed, if I can put it politely. So you usually don't need to uh, to do that. But you can check it yourself. Wait till sundown, till it's darker in the house. Get a swivel mirror and a bright flashlight and, and shine it down those ducts. Uh, two or three, one on each level of your house. Or as I say, if you can get your cell phone down in there, you can take a, a flash picture and see what you're dealing with. But usually... It's not necessary. If you think you need to get your ducts clean because there's a bunch of crud in there, go to your regular HVAC contractor, your regular furnace company, and get a referral from them because they're going to refer you. They may do it themselves. Uh, for sure, they're going to refer you to somebody that's not going to rip you off and, because that can be a little get a little pricey uh, and uh, overkilled, if you know what I mean. So uh, usually you don't need to get your ducts clean, but Jay, that's a good question. Thank you for that. That's all she wrote. That's the program. Chris Moyer, as always, thanks for your help in the control room. It's been a fun show, interesting uh, show. I hope it has been for you. Don't forget the podcast at AroundTheHouse.com. And uh, shout out to our K2 listeners. I hope you have a great week. During the week, AroundTheHouse.com if you want to get a hold of me. Otherwise, God bless. See you next time. Same time, same station. Right here on Around the House.